Welcome to the FaithBridge Sermon Podcast. Be sure to keep watching immediately after the sermon for Postscript, a weekly podcast with in-depth content and answers to your questions submitted during the sermon. You can also find it on iTunes or at faithbridge.org slash postscript. Oh, good morning. How's everybody doing? Y'all doing good? Hey, I don't know if you realized it when you woke up this morning, but this day marks the start of the week of Christmas. Christmas is officially upon us if it wasn't already. And so I'm curious this morning, how many of you have finished all of your Christmas shopping? Oh my goodness, do we need to dismiss? I can't see your hands. I hope they're up. We're five days away, people. I hope you're wrapping it up. I did my Christmas shopping yesterday, which was a bad idea. Uh, It was very crowded out there, but it's now done. The gifts are under the tree and I'm feeling good. Uh, Hey, we're going to continue our series this morning. It's called, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. Adam kicked that off for us last week uh, with a great message on the shepherds. I know it was rainy last week. And so if you missed that, I want to encourage you just to go back and podcast it. It was a great message, a great word. Uh, But before we get started this morning, why don't we just pray and ask the Lord to teach us something. Will you do that with me? Well, God, I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. Lord, that we get to come in here on a Sunday morning and just fix our eyes on you, to just stop what we're doing and focus our attention on you. And Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't miss this opportunity this morning, that God, right now you would just calm us, that whatever's on our minds, Lord, you just put to rest, that we can focus on you and hear from you this morning. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just come in this room, Lord, that you would speak through me, uh, that each person might hear exactly what it is that you want them to hear this morning, that you'd speak straight to their hearts, and that we might leave this morning different than when we came in. And God, I know I can't do that. And so again, I just ask your Holy Spirit to come and teach us. Be with us this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, when I was younger, I loved the month of December. And I loved the month of December for two reasons. First, I grew up in Texas. And as many of you are aware, it does not start to get cool until the month of December. It is hot and like finally it's starting to cool off a little bit. And so I love the cool weather. And so I loved the month of December. But the other reason that I loved this month of December is because it meant that Christmas was coming. It was on its way. Uh, and I, I can remember growing up, there were several signs in my household that Christmas was coming. I'm sure many of you have a countdown to Christmas going. Uh, the way we did that in our family was we hung up this calendar uh, on the wall and it was a Christmas tree and it came with 24 ornaments. And so each day you would hang an ornament to help you count down the days to Christmas. And this was a big deal because when you hung up the ornament, you also got a piece of candy in my house. And so that caused many fights between my brother and I of who is gonna hang the ornament. I want some Skittles. And so that's what we would do. Uh, There were some other signs that Christmas was coming. One was my mom making soft sugar cookies. She makes the best soft sugar cookies. They come with cream cheese frosting. They are incredible. I can almost taste them. I'm so ready to get home next week so I can enjoy those. They are outstanding. And so that was a sign. Uh, Another sign was Christmas lights. Our neighborhood had a rule that you had to put out Christmas lights, which I really liked because I got to look at them and it's beautiful. And many of you are enjoying that right now. But the main sign 
was the gifts underneath the tree. And as a kid, I used to love Christmas morning because that meant we got to open the gifts. In my family, there were two rules when it came to Christmas presents. The first was that we didn't open them until Christmas morning. There was no like open one on Christmas Eve, none of that. It was you wait until Christmas morning. And so the anticipation would rise as we got closer and closer to the day. The second rule uh, that I'm gonna suggest to many of you families is that we were not allowed to get out of bed as kids until we could see sunlight coming through the window. Uh, And that's a great rule. Uh, It's a rule that, again, I suggest that you make it. But if you do, parents, put some blackout curtains on those windows because because streetlights happen to shine in through the window and can be confused as sunlight. And so at 3 a.m., your kids may wake you up. My parents learned that the hard way. So again, blackout curtains are a good idea when it comes to Christmas morning. But again, the anticipation, the joy, the excitement surrounding Christmas as a kid was awesome. Uh, And I thought, you know, I'm describing this pretty well, but what better way to describe it than with a video, 1995, The Sullivan Household, Christmas Morning. Here you go. Take a look. As you can see, the anticipation, the excitement when a kid comes out and gets to see the Christmas presents. And on an unrelated note, next week is pajama day, and I'm trying to find those slippers because that's a great look that needs to be around here at Faith Bridge. But again, you can see the excitement. And I was thinking about that this week and thinking about how excited I was as a young kid. And And I realized something. As I've gotten older, the excitement has kind of gone away. I mean, I don't get up at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and come tearing out into the living room anymore to open the gifts. The excitement has kind of gone away. And I was realizing that 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 excitement hasn't just stayed with the Christmas presents and Christmas morning. If I'm honest, it, it kind of carries over into the Christmas story. I find that I'm not as excited or not in as much anticipation as I once was when it comes to the coming of Jesus. And my fear this morning is that maybe there's some of you who are like me. Maybe you've been in church so long, or maybe you've heard the Christmas story so many times that it's lost its awe. It's lost its excitement. And the anticipation you had is no longer there. And so this morning, what I want to do is just answer this question. How do we approach Christmas with awe and anticipation and excitement? How do we do it? And so if you have a Bible, I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. I'd invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up right where Adam left off. Luke chapter 2, we'll start in verse 22. And if you don't own a Bible this morning as the ushers are coming down, why don't you just flag them uh, and take that Bible and then keep it. We'd love for you to engage with that during the week. That's our gift to you. I would love for you to have it. But Luke chapter 2, verse 22 This is what the scripture says. It says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, meaning baby Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. If there was ever a man who approached Christmas with anticipation, this Christmas story with anticipation, it was Simeon. And we don't know a lot about Simeon. In fact, this is the only time in the Bible that Simeon is mentioned. But we can gather a few things from the text, mainly though, that he was anticipating this moment, this moment when he would see Jesus, the Savior of the world. And as I was reading this text this week, I just began to picture Simeon, this old man in my mind who was devout. The scripture says he was righteous and devout. And I can picture him just serving the Lord faithfully. I'm sure you can think of someone similar that just serves the church, just serves the Lord so faithfully. And so day after day, I'm picturing Simeon in the temple. And I'm guessing that there were many days when he would be at the temple and he would just feel the Lord, just kind of prompt him. It says that the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to him that day. But I bet there were many days that that happened where he'd be going through the temple and the Spirit might just prompt him to maybe pray for somebody, to pray for healing. Maybe it was to encourage somebody. Maybe it was to participate in a service. But whatever the case may be, that he would go to the temple and he would just serve the Lord there, however he was being called. But you have to know, in the back of his mind, day after day, he was just hoping He was longing and waiting for this moment, this moment the Lord had promised him to see the Savior of the world. And so I can imagine this day, this day we read about, Simeon goes to the temple and he's moved by the Spirit to go and he's just thinking, okay, Lord, how do you want me to serve you today? What would you have me do today? Is there someone that I need to pray for? Is there someone who I need to just speak encouragement to? And so as he's moving through the temple, you can almost just picture it, right? He turns the corner and there's this young couple holding a baby. And he looks at him and he's asking, okay, Lord, is this baby sick? Do I need to pray healing for this baby? And just in the moment of looking at that baby, you can see just the Lord speak right to Simeon's heart and say, Simeon, today your faith has become sight. This moment, this moment he's been waiting for and you can see just tears coming down his face as he approaches this couple and just takes baby Jesus in his arm and looking to heaven, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation, the glory of your people Israel. What a moment, what a moment it must have been. This man, years and years of waiting, culminating right here with the savior in his arms. And the question is, how did he do it? How did he day after day wait with anticipation and excitement? How did he do it? I think the answer is in verse 25. I'll read it to you again. It says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel 
and the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit was on him. In other words, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And as I was thinking about that this week, I just began to to wonder, what is it that's filling our lives this Christmas season? What is it that's filling your life this Christmas season? And could it be, could it be that the reason our anticipation and our awe and our excitement is dwindling is because maybe we're filling our lives with other things? I was just reflecting on my own life and I realized, man, you know what? I'm filling my life with busyness. It's the end of the year and there's budgets that need to be set. There's annual reviews that need to take place. Christmas Eve services are right around the corner. It's gonna be a busy season at work. And at home, it's not any better. At home, there's Christmas parties to attend and there's gifts to be wrapped and holiday travel plans to make. Life is busy. And in the midst of my busyness, I realized, man, I just haven't stopped. I haven't stopped and asked the Lord, Lord, come and fill me with your spirit. I haven't spent time with him. My life has been filled with busyness. And I'm wondering, what about you? What is it that's filling your life this Christmas season? My guess is that some of you, you're filled with worry and anxiety. And maybe you're worried about your finances. This economic climate is crazy. The stock market seems to go up and down every day, mostly down here recently. The oil markets just keep going further and further down. And you're just wondering, am I gonna be the next one to be let go? Or maybe you've already been let go and you're just wondering, how am I gonna provide for my family? And so you're worried about your finances. Others of you, you're worried about your kids. You're worried about your grandkids and you're wondering, how are they gonna survive in this world? It seems to be throwing more and more challenges their way, more obstacles their way than even when I was a kid. How are they gonna survive? And so you're filled with worry and anxiety. Others of you, maybe you're filled with anger and resentment. Maybe you just had your annual review and your boss didn't give you the promotion. Or maybe a coworker recently mistreated you or cut you down and so you're filled with anger. You're resenting that remark. And maybe you're thinking about a family member that you're angry with, that did something in your past and you're gonna have to sit at a Christmas table with them in just a few days. And so your life is filled with anger and resentment. Maybe your life is filled with loneliness, that as we enter into this holiday season, it's not a season of joy for you, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of a loved one that's not gonna be around the table this year. And so as you head towards this season, you're you're filled with grieving and you're filled with loneliness, wondering what's it gonna be like this year without him. So maybe that's what fills you. Others, we're filled with worried about what others think about us. What are people gonna think? And so what we do is we send out these Christmas cards, right? It's the perfect picture, our family smiling. Meanwhile, there's 60 that we threw away with us crying and beating up one another, right? We do that. Or we post just the right picture on social media, the one with the good smile, not the one where our eyes were kind of shut a little bit, right? We've got this image that we're trying to protect. And so that's what fills our time and our energies is trying to control what, is a, what are others perceiving about me? What is it? What is filling your life this Christmas season? I believe the reason that Simeon was able to anticipate, was able to approach the Christmas story with excitement is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And God honored his promise to Simeon. He allowed him to see this savior, Jesus. And that filled his life with joy and it filled his life with peace. And the good news for us this morning is that that same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that worked in Simeon's life is available to us. For those of us who are in Christ, we are promised the mark of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 tells us that. And so that Holy Spirit is inside of us. And it wants nothing more than to fill us with that anticipation, to fill us with excitement this Christmas season. You know, I was watching these Sullivan family Christmas videos all week, trying to find the perfect one to show y'all. And I just kind of began thinking, what was it? Why was I so just excited to get out there? I mean, you see me, I come tearing out of that hallway. Why was I that way? What, what drew me to that? And I realized it's because I used to make a Christmas list, a Christmas wish list, these gifts that I so wanted to receive, big things, things that I wouldn't normally ask for. I would write them down and, and submit them to see if I could get them on Christmas morning. And so I was filled with excitement and filled with anticipation because I would come out and there it is, the Nickelodeon boombox, the one that I always wanted. You know, I was thinking about my Christmas list this year and there's not one. In fact, my mom has had to beg me time and time again just to give her something. What do you want for Christmas? I've stopped asking for big things. And so the excitement of Christmas morning isn't really there. And as I was thinking about that, I realized I do the same thing with God. You know, when I was younger, I would ask these big things and I would expect God to show up. I believed that he could do anything. But now I find myself not even asking for things. I certainly don't ask him to come and fill me with awe and anticipation when we approach the Christmas season. I don't ask for his Holy Spirit to come and fill me but that's what he wants to do. You see in Matthew 7, 7 through 11, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good good gifts to those who ask him? I believe that we serve a God who is a good father. He's a loving father and he would desire nothing more than to give us a sense of awe, a sense of anticipation and excitement around this Christmas season. We just have to be willing to ask. What better gift, what better gift could we receive than to be filled like Simeon, to be filled with the Spirit and approach Christmas with awe and anticipation? Because the reality is, unlike that Nickelodeon boombox that my parents gave me, when I got that boombox, I was really excited for a moment. And then a few years later, it ended up in a garage sale where it sold for 50 cents or something like that. But the gift that God is offering us in Jesus is eternal. And the gift that we could receive this morning isn't just excitement for a season. It's excitement for all of eternity. That the Holy Spirit could fill us with awe and excitement today 
about the coming of Jesus because he's coming back again. The story we read about is his first coming, but he's coming back for us that we might anticipate that day, that we would long for that day, that it might shape our lives differently. But not only is he gonna come back, when he does come back, he's gonna fill us with excitement and awe and wonder for all of eternity. And so what better gift could we receive this season than to ask the Holy Spirit for that? And so this morning as we close, what I wanna do is just create some space for that. Create some space for us just to ask God to come and fill us with his spirit. And for some of us, what that's going to look like is saying, God, I was filled with worry. I'm filled with busyness. And Lord, I need you to come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. For others of you, it's just to ask the Lord, God, would you just remind me what this season is about? I've been so focused on gifts. I've been so focused on family that I haven't focused on you. And that your son, Jesus, came to rescue me. And so that's what I want us to do this morning. And so I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't often do. And in fact, this may be a little uncomfortable for some of us, but I want you to to do it anyway. What I want you to do is we're going to pray for just a few minutes. And what I want to ask you to do is to kneel, just right where you are, to kneel. And I know there's not a ton of room between the aisles, but just as best you're able to, just to kneel. And the reason I'm asking you to do that, I know that the floor is hard, And it might be a little uncomfortable for a few minutes, but I think when we kneel, it puts us in a posture where we're just humble, where we're looking at God and saying, God, I know that you can do big things. I know that you can accomplish the things that are in your will. And so, Lord, would you just speak to us this morning? Can we ask you for things that you might hear our cries? And so I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And I'm going to lead us in that. I do want to say, if if you're hearing me this morning and you've got a maybe a physical limitation or something that would limit you from doing that, that's okay. The Lord knows your heart and I'm not gonna ask you to kneel, but for those of us who can, maybe in these next few moments that we would just kneel and pray together and ask the Lord to come and fill us. And so that's what we're gonna do. Why don't you take a minute to position yourselves now. Well, God, all around this room, Lord, our hearts that would just be long to be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, that in this season, there are so many things that are filling our lives. So many things fighting for our attention. And so God, we just wanna ask you to come and fill us this morning. And so wherever you are right now, out in the crowd. God, I just want to invite you just to confess to the Lord, what are the things that are filling your life this morning? And just tell him right now, say, God, these are the things, these are the things that I've been filled with this week. Go ahead and do that now. Well, God, these are the things. Lord, you know that there are other things filling us. You know that this is what's been put in front of us this week. And so, God, we just want to ask you to come and replace them. We want to ask right now that your Holy Spirit would come and remove those things from us and in its spot be you. 
And so I wanna invite you this morning, why don't you just ask the Lord, God, would you just come and fill me? In your own words, why don't you just tell him, God, I want you to be a part of my life. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, we wanna ask you to just give us a proper perspective this Christmas season. God, that you would remind each of us that Jesus has come, that he came for us, God, that he became flesh, that he left heaven to come to this earth to save us. God, would you remind us of that? Would you allow us to be filled with awe, to be filled with anticipation as we think about that day that he came in a manger? And then, Lord, would you help us to think about the day when you're gonna come back? You're gonna come back and rescue us. Give us that perspective this season. We ask all of that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, as we close out this morning, we're gonna continue just by worshiping our King. Adam told us last week that, that worship meant to ascribe worth to something. He called it worth-ship. And so we can do that a lot of ways, but I'm gonna invite the ushers to come forward because we can ascribe worship with our songs, which we'll do in just a second as well. We can do it with our time, but we can also do it by giving, by giving our tithes and our offerings. And so I'm gonna give you the opportunity to respond in that way this morning. Uh, and this is just kind of a moment where we can look and say, God, we wanna to respond to the gift that you've given us. You've given us so much in Jesus, and so out of the overflow of the things that you've given us, we wanna give back. Uh, and the Bible is clear that we don't do that from a heart that is um, maybe out of obligation, but a heart that is full of cheer. And so this morning, we wanna give back in that way, cheerfully. Welcome to Postscript. Here we hope to answer your questions and help you dig deeper into the messages and sermons at FaithBridge by talking with the teacher of the day. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Postscript. My name is Dan Slagle, and I am here with Sully, who has just preached the second in our series that we're calling, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him. How you doing, Sully? Good. Thanks for having me. It was a great, great message. Thank you. Thanks so much for bringing a powerful word. And it has elicited uh, a lot of questions, so we've got plenty to talk about today. Uh, I've categorized them uh, just for uh, our purposes here into questions that come from uh, who is possibly a non-believer and okay. then those that seem to come from, from believers. Uh, the first from uh, a non-believer, what is the intrinsic value of approaching Christmas with a sense of awe and anticipation? Why, why should I care if I have that or not? Sure. Well, you and I were kind of discussing, and I think that we all choose to serve and be in awe of something, mm -hmm. whether that is being in awe of achieving maybe a status or... Um, a certain level of income. We are all going to serve and strive to really be in awe of something. And so um, 
you know, as someone who has believed in Jesus, what I would say is the value is that all of those things that we strive for that are earthly things are temporary. It's kind of like the boom box that I talked about today, that when we get them, when you ultimately hit them, you'll realize, wow, this really was not what I thought it was going to be. And then you'd go on to looking for the next thing that's going to satisfy. Sure. I was reminded of John chapter 4. Jesus is speaking to this woman at the well, and, and she is looking to be satisfied by something. And, and he says, everyone who drinks the water, and she's kind of bringing her own um, thing that she's in awe of, I guess you would say, will be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And, and basically what he's saying is, hey, the offer that I have for you is eternal. That, it, that if you follow after me, this isn't going to keep you longing and searching for the next thing. You will be in awe, and, and what I have is worth serving and following. So it's soul satisfaction, I guess. Okay, so, uh, the temporal versus the eternal. Yep. Good, good. Uh, another question that um, comes from an unbeliever. You mentioned several things that might fill our lives. Busyness, anger, loneliness, image control. Am I a bad person if I feel these things? Are, are Christians immune to those feelings? I think I know some Christians who have exhibited these. Me too. <laughs> some honesty there. Honestly, myself. Uh, you know, as I said, I myself have been distracted by busyness, um, certainly worry as well. And so I think one of the greatest examples of this is David, King David, who was referenced as the man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes he would write these Psalms and what you can see in them is just really brutal honesty of this is how I'm feeling. And a lot of times it was worry, anxiety, uh, loneliness at times. In fact, I was reminded of Psalm 42 where he says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? I mean, he's in this moment of where is God? And what I love about his response is he says, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And so I don't think that any of us are immune to filling those thoughts and those feelings. The question is, where is your hope? Uh, is your hope in those just being satisfied and curved or is your hope in your Savior and your God? And so to, to look at Him and to focus on Him. Okay, good, good. All right, shifting gears uh, to questions now that uh, apparently have come from believers mm -hmm. related to the question I just asked, uh, should I feel guilty if I do have those feelings instead of the awe the anticipation that you were describing? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say feel guilty. I think it's a, a good thing to be able to self-assess and recognize those things and say, hey, I am a, a little off here. I am focusing on these other things. So I don't think there should be guilt or shame. I mean, in Christ, if we're believers, we know that He removes that guilt and the shame. That's what He promises. And so I wouldn't say that you need to feel guilty about those things. It's again, kind of going back to David of just saying, I know where my hope is mm -hmm. and to seek it there as opposed to focusing on those other things. Yeah, I, I think that's especially true for um, those who are going through uh, a period of grief mm -hmm. over the holidays. Sure. Uh, they're probably not focusing too much on awe and mm -hmm. anticipation as much as they are just working through their own pain mm -hmm. right now. So that's, that's a good word. 
another question, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If I'm going to ask God for that gift, what should I expect to receive? Yeah, I love the back half of that question about what the outcome will be because I think, you know, we looked at Simeon today and he's really a perfect picture of that. We see this man who it says that the Holy Spirit was on him, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in his prayer, I think we see the outcome. First, I love that he addresses sovereign Lord. He just recognizes who he is in view of the Almighty, um, that, that God is God. Uh, but you just see this man who he says, hey, I'm at peace. You can dismiss me now, which is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit we mm -hmm. see in Ephesians is peace. And so I think that's one outcome that you could expect. I also love his joy. I mean, you could, as you're just kind of reading his address, you can feel the joy. I mean, tears of joy, probably what were streaming down his face, this excitement of this is what I've been waiting for. And so I think the outcome you should expect would be the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Ephesians. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Um, I think that's the outcome that we would desire to see in ourselves and, and will start to see as ourselves if we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Good. Very good. Here's a, uh, a question from a family man. Do you have practical suggestions on things we might do to keep our children's awe and anticipation on Jesus despite the constant messages that focus them on other things? Sure. That is a great question. And I could think from my own experience uh, as a child, but I have never had kids. So I'm going to turn the table and flip it back to you as a man <laughs> who's got three kids. I think you could probably take that one a little better than me. Ah, you're a wise man, Sully. Um, so I think the key to that is, uh, first of all, to keep in mind that kids are going to be kids around Christmas time. They're, they're, you're not going to pull them out of that sort of uh, improper focus, if mm -hmm. you will. They're going to get excited about Santa Claus and gifts and, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, that's not to say that we shouldn't bring their focus back to Jesus, but I think we do need to be understanding of their level of developmental maturity. The bigger answer, though, that I would offer is we shouldn't wait until Christmas mm. to begin uh, suggesting the uh, interest in the awesomeness and the beauty of God. That really should be a year-round sure. sort of thing that we're doing with our children so that when we do encourage them at Christmas time, it's not like they're hearing it for the first time, which is going to diminish our chances, I think, mm -hmm. considerably. Uh, we need to be doing it uh, every month, every week of, of the year. Yeah. And then uh, when Christmas rolls around and they do get off track and uh, do begin to behave like kids, we can take comfort in the fact that, hey, you know, for the other 51 weeks of the year, we've, we've drilled that message home. So sure. it's, it's not being lost yeah. there. That's good. Good yeah. work. Thanks for fielding that one for sure, me. Sure, man. Glad to. Uh, so uh, last question, why is being filled with the Holy Spirit something that I have to do more than once? Why does it seem to wear off and I have to ask again to be filled? Something I've talked about with you, this is just in leadership in general, we talk about vision leaks, mm -hmm. that it's a, a bucket with holes in it. And so if you're not constantly refilling the bucket with vision, there's not going to be any vision left in the bucket. And I think it's similar with us that 
our lives because, like you said, all throughout there are things constantly diverting our attention away from what is truly important, where our focus needs to be. And so when that happens, the vision leaks. And so we have to constantly be refilling ourselves uh, and pouring in. I think spending time is a huge one. Uh, that, that was something for me in this busy season that I just realized, man, I, if I'm honest, I'm not sitting down and devoting time to the Lord mm-hmm. to ask Him to fill. And if you you know, listening to KSBJ radio isn't always going to be enough. Right. We need that all, you know, our own time to sit down and be reminded of uh, who God is and uh, to let him speak to us and refill us and refill us, especially if you're in a position where you're pouring out. Uh, because not only does the vision leak on its own, if you're offering it to others, which is believers, that's the great commission for us to do it, uh, then it does go away. And so I think sure. just that time of, of, of really stopping and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to sit down and, and be still and know that you're God and, and allow him to come and fill you. I think that's what I would offer. Yeah. Uh, I would add to that uh, the relational dynamic that exists. Um, I think about my relationship with Becky, my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I told her that I loved her the day we got married. Uh, she has wanted to hear it Again. many times since then. Yeah. Uh, even though we live together and, you know, are often focused on the same thing, still we have to have those times where we reconnect Mm -hmm. and we reaffirm our love for one another and sort of refill our lives with each other. And I I think a similar thing is going on there with the Holy Spirit. Sure. Yeah. That's a good word. Thanks for sharing that. Sure, man. That's a good addition. Sure. Thanks for a great sermon. Thanks. Appreciate it very, very much. And thank you for joining us. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas and we'll see you next time on Postscript. Thanks for joining us for Postscript. Help us keep the podcast interactive by submitting your questions during the morning services. Learn more at faithbridge.org slash postscript.